can I ask you a very personal question? Go on. Do you interrobang? <laughs> Wait, what? Do you interrobang? Hey folks, welcome to the Creative Language Learning Podcast with Kirsten Cable and Lindsay Dow. Hey Lindsay, you're back! I'm back! Woohoo! Yay! Hey, while you were gone, I got to hang out with some guys, Tristan and Gareth, and we recorded an episode about advanced language learning. Oh, sounds good. Yeah, it was really, really interesting. But it's nice to have you back on the show. What did you get up to then? Oh, I've been busy. Busy, busy, busy. I have been in Montreal, nope. in Canada. Oh my God. Yes. How was it? So good. So good. <laughs> and you gave your talk about social media and language learning. Yes. Oh, wow. I did. Oh, so cool. And the episode about Snapchat, I think, was a, was a big success. So maybe in future we should talk about language learning on Twitter and on Facebook and on other social media. Flickr. Do you think Flickr could be... A Flickr? Oh. Does anyone still we're use going, We're going retro now. <laughs> I, right. um, I'm working on a blog post language learning on MySpace. No way. Next week. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Fine. Well, I used to, I used to actually use Flickr a lot and it taught, me, it taught me an awful lot about photography. Nice. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know how that applies to language learning. So, what are we talking about today? Today, we are getting some more people on the show, right? That's right. Yeah, this is our first ever and hopefully not our last ever feedback episode. So all the different emails and messages that we've been receiving, we sort of bundled and held on to a few of them and sent out a few messages asking you guys to contribute to the show and send us your questions, your feedback, your notes and all of the exciting things. And there's some rich pickings, I would say. We've got some really interesting stuff to talk about. Cool. Yeah. Also, I've just been to the Eisteddfod in Wales, which is an amazing national festival of all things Welsh. It's my first time in yeah, it's my first time in twelve years where I've done camping. Oh. Yeah, so I had to get my mother to say post me my tent from Germany. That's fun. Yes, it's really really good fun and so nice though when you get to. When you get to travel to the place and sort of participate in the culture of a place. So I'm really excited about that one. Okay, let's kind of skip ahead and talk about our first message. I think we're going straight in today. And the first message that I want to read out is really a, a quizzing... When I read this, I thought, geez, I've got no idea what to talk about here. Uh, and I'm so glad I've got Lindsay on the show because, Lindsay, you're the expert on this one. Are you ready to hear this? <gasps> okay, go, hit me. All right. So this is from Paulina, Paulina in Lithuania. So hi there, Paulina. Thank you so much for your message. Hi. Love Lithuania. Have you, have you been? Oh, yes. Yes, last summer. Last summer. I've only ever been to Vilnius once for about 24 hours. Oh, it's an amazing country. Mm. So anything you can recommend about Lithuania? Oh, everything. We So, okay, sorry, slight sidetrack here. Slight so sidetrack. Vilnius, beautiful city, right? But if you can, get out, go to um, Hill of Crosses as well. 
and Clypeda, and you can go down the Curonian Spit. We biked down and then back up. The first day was lovely. Second day was a little bit hellish. But uh, you could stop at the bottom. There's a lovely little beach town. You could stay there for a day or two and have a bit more of a restful bike ride back than uh, than I did. Is it going downhill for a day and then uphill for a day? Not so much. It's just 50 kilometers per day. Oh, wow. So it's quite intense. Yes. And I'm not a regular biker or yeah. cyclist or bicyclist. Or anything like that. No. no. I think it, I, I was fascinated by how Americans call it biking. And Brits call it cycling. Ah, I did not know that. Yeah, and Germans just call it bicycle riding. Bicycle riding? Oh, like Fahrrad. Fahrrad fahren, yeah. Yeah. So, back to Polina from Lithuania, which is a country that Lindsay absolutely loves and I have not seen enough of. So, Polina, maybe send us some pictures of Lithuania and your recommendations and we'll, we'll have more for the show. Okay, Polina has got a very special language that she's starting to learn. So here is her message. She says, my name is Paulina and I'm starting to learn Korean. I would love to know what I should learn after learning Hangul and basic grammar, dictionary advice. There's so much in that. So she's learning Hangul. What's that? So Hangul is the name of the Korean alphabet, which is amazing because it's one of the newer scripts of the world. Um, and basically what it does, the letters, each letter is kind of models the shape of your tongue and your mouth as you say that sound. So it's a, a squiggle is a sound. Yeah, but they're not so much squiggles. Like you probably wouldn't describe them as squiggles because they're quite angular, a, mm-hmm. lot of, a lot of them. So there is one that is a round circle and then the rest are quite sort of angular and, and straight lines. Um, but then what happens is when you have a sound that's more than just one letter, for example, han yeah. You've got the han, the H, A, and the N sound, han, making one syllable, right? Those um, individual letters then become one block of, of letters together. So it's really cool. Hangul's really cool. Um, and it is, like Paulina says, it's a fantastic place to start with learning Korean, I think. Um, not so much of an expert. You sound the expert here, Kirsten. I am no way an expert in Korean. <laughs> but um, it is a great place to start because what it will do is it will really help you because there's no romanization that's standardized for Korean, at least not that I've come across yet. Okay. Whereas with something like Chinese, if you learn Mandarin Chinese, you've got pinyin. So that is Chinese in Latin letters. And you can kind of read it and understand and then take that back to the character so you can learn that way. Whereas with Korean, this is sometimes a bit different so I'll find when I've been studying with Shannon I'll write something down at the minute I've actually stopped using Hangul in my notes just so that I can acquire more vocabulary and then kind of fill it out with Hangul at a later date because I felt like I was progressing so 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 slowly and slow isn't a bad thing but it was I just wasn't getting anywhere because I was focusing too much on getting every word perfect um as I went right so but yeah I'll find sometimes when I talk to Shannon I'll say a word, I'll say, oh yeah, I've got this word and you spell it like this, this, this. And she'll go, oh, I've I've got that one too, but I've got it written with a D instead of an N or, you know, um, an R instead of an L. So there are a lot of sounds that are quite similar, which means that Hangul is fantastic. So Paulina, 
round of applause for starting with hangle. Well done. <laughs> okay, so she's got the hangle. Let's say yes. you've got the hangle under your belt. And Paulina's also covered for grammar, for basic grammar, she says. And is grammar easy to pick up in Korean or does it require a bit of thinking and understanding? Kind of like the the same answer to the easy, difficult language question, isn't it? As you know, well, what languages do you already know? Mm-hmm. So for me, there's a lot of similarities between Japanese grammar and Korean grammar, which actually surprised me. Um, whereas Shannon has studied Chinese before, but she's never studied um, Japanese, so she's found the grammar a bit more, a bit a bit more not difficult, but just different to what she's used to. Um, whereas there are a lot of things that I've picked up perhaps a little quicker in the sense of, oh, yeah, that's like that. That's like in Japanese. So I can relate to that. You know, things like verb at the end of the sentence, um, particles and stuff like that, which those elements of grammar crossover, which is useful. Um, but yeah, once once you've got those basic, that kind of basic grammar, I've found really, it sounds like Pauline is at a similar place to me. Um, and I've found that now I need vocabulary because I just don't have the words. I've got the basic grammar. I used um, howtostudykorean.com mm-hmm. quite a while. Yeah. And I'm still using it now, but I'm taking less of it in. You know, I'm not worried too much because now it's got quite grammar heavy and I actually want the practice and I want to uh, to increase my vocabulary more so with the grammar that I know before I just go on and learn to talk about all these crazy tenses and stuff when I can't even do it because I don't have words to use to do the fancy grammar that I'd be learning. Does that make sense? So I would say that if if that's where you're at, Paulina, probably vocabulary um, would come next. At least that's what I've found where I am. I just feel a complete lack of vocabulary. So that's what I need. So it sounds like Paulina is in the same place as me right now. And I feel like I don't have enough vocabulary, you know, and if I was to keep going on with how to study Korean for example, you know, how to study Korean.com, for example, then I would be thinking, well, this is great. And I know how to do these fancy things with fancy grammar, but I can't actually use this because I don't have any vocabulary. I don't have any words to put into this grammar. Um, So I'm finding now I'm at a point where I'm just acquiring vocabulary. There's a free course on Coursera. Um, I think it's called First Steps Korean. And there's now, they've just released a follow-up actually, Let's Speak Korean, I believe is the follow-up. And they're a little bit slow, um, you know, but I found them quite useful Mm -hmm. just to kind of give me some simple sentences that I can, and then they give you vocabulary as well. So they'll give you a really short dialogue of about two lines, three lines, and then some vocabulary, pronunciation. So then you can fill in the blanks. So it's, you know, where is the bank? the bank is next to the shop or whatever. And then they'll give you all lots of vocabulary for places. So then you can, you can create your own sentences. You can repeat, you can get that, that kind of uh, flow going with, with something really simple. And I found that to be quite useful. Um, What else is good? Mm. Can I stop you and ask a few questions? So much in that. Um, And something I want to come back to later is that um, this, this sort of I'm lacking vocab thing. Um, which, which I hear from so many people on so many different levels, you know, people always feel they're short of vocab, short of words. And I find that quite interesting. And I wonder, you know, how, how best to go about that. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting is that you're obviously a very advanced language learner. So you kind of know what you're doing and you say, "Mm, you know, the, the kind of courses that might be not designed for 
someone who is acquiring the language very quickly or someone who is, you know, just like really focused and knows what she's doing, that that course is a little slow for you. So something like First Steps Korean, really yeah. great, but you, you're calling it slow, you know, so it's kind of that thing of in what way is it not delivering for you? In what way would you want it to be faster? Well, I say it's slow. You can actually watch the videos in double time. <laughs> so the bits for me, like they do the dialogue, then they do the pronunciation, and then they do the vocab, then they do the grammar, then they do some additional vocab. And it's kind of very, very orderly, which is fine. Um, but the delivery is quite slow, which again is fine in places like with the vocabulary. That's great because I can make sure I get all the words down. But I tend to double time and skip through the pronunciation. Because I know what she's going to say by now. I know that she's going to tell me that that letter's going to roll into the next word and, you know, things like that. So, but, you know, you may need that. It may be that that's useful for, for, for someone else. Um, how would I improve it? Hmm. I think, I don't know. It's, uh, see, I, I, I say this like, I think it's hard to come up with the perfect first steps in language course because everyone is at a different place everyone's coming from different languages and so it's difficult so I'm not I'm not criticizing the course and I'm not you know saying that I could do a better job because I don't know is <laughs> the answer yeah. to your question oh no, absolutely so absolutely yeah. I, f I found it interesting that you know because the I was wondering what makes the course a slow course in that sense but it's that it's that point really it's the same as in my Welsh um BBC course which I kind of keep I switch between BBC Welsh challenge and say something in Welsh um and some of the aspects in the BBC Welsh course I already now have covered maybe from say something maybe from reading something maybe just from having a moment where I got really curious and got the grammar book out etc so I do the same I kind of I skip ahead but it's kind of good that it's there. And that's, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's the great thing about video courses, right? That we can skip around. Exactly, exactly. And I found, um, you know, I've read something on howtostudykorean.com. I've kind of semi-taken it in. And then it's come up in the Coursera course. And so that's been good to have these crossover resources. Uh, because with Korean, I haven't, you know, it's not a language that I want to learn to like a pro level and have in my life forever and just keep advancing 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 you know me and Shannon we want to go to Korea in a year or so's time and so it's 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 working towards that this kind of mid-term goal if you like um and then beyond that who knows maybe it will be something in my life but right now it doesn't it doesn't feel that way so I haven't actually invested in any courses or anything like that so I am kind of compiling lots of free resources which is kind of interesting as well Whereas with something like Japanese, I had a couple of books on hand. I had things that people had given me because I knew I was interested. So it's a different experience, as is with every language you learn, I guess. Yes. Okay. I I think that's really fascinating. I think one, one piece of advice that I'm hearing from Lindsay, and I want to kind of pull out for you, Paulina, is that Lindsay, it, well, of course, she's working with Shannon. So she's actually got a buddy, Shannon being our friend and previously previous podcast guest Shannon Kennedy from Eurolinguist so that's one thing if you can find somebody who's learning with you that's always a great person to have but you don't have to have it the other thing uh, that Lindsay has pulled out that I really like is that she's got a really specific goal even if it's two years away or one year away it still is a specific goal something that you can kind of 
work towards and it keeps you motivated. So that's more on the soft side of things. Now on the practical side of things, I've I've noted that Coursera has a First Steps Korean course that I'm going to put in the show notes for you, as well as howtostudykorean.com. Is that the right? Yeah, I believe that's the right one. Howtostudykorean.com. Yeah. Perfect. Any other practical tips or tools, Lindsay? Um, audio is something that I've found um, quite useful and colloquial. I don't know if you know this, Kirsten. I think we've probably mentioned this. They have released the audio to their courses for free online. So if you like colloquial courses, you can get the audio for free. And then if you want to buy the book to support that, you can do. Um, But yeah, so I'm using the colloquial audio as kind of a backup resource and just to give me some listening practice that I can re-listen to over and over again. Um, Talk with me in Korean and Korean Class 101 podcasts. I have coming into my podcast feed and they're both great resources as well but on the everyday front it's really colloquial Korean audio and the um, Coursera course at the moment that's that's where I'm at I've almost finished the Coursera course probably this week I think Wow, well done. There's definitely a lot of progress kind of coming from you on that side. So there's a few resources for you there, Paulina, and you're going to find them all in the show notes as well. Um, And just really, you know, set yourself a goal and set yourself little goals as well, kind of along the way so that you know, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm getting to I'm getting to that point. It's so nice, I think, to be looking back to the start, you know, like if you've done all the hangul, at some point you'll just notice that you're writing something out and you might look at it and go, well, that was easy. Exactly. That, that's an experience I remember from learning Cyrillic or, or Russian, um, being able to look at a word and, and kind of know what it's supposed to say the first time. It's just like, wow, I can read this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you did the the language script challenge last year, didn't you? I did. Yes, that was very interesting. It was a very different experience. That's yeah. So to recap, Lindsay's language script challenge last year was that you set yourself three or four that you want to go through in a quarter, different scripts of different languages, right? Um, three or four in a quarter. That would be about right. I think that was 32 in total. So it Even varied, more than. Yeah, it varied slightly depending on, um, you know, there were times of year when I had my dissertation my final dissertation to be due in and things like that and I knew I'd be on holiday or so you know it it was a bit here and there but throughout the year there was 32 altogether and I what I did was I just was curious because I was studying for my final year in Spanish I knew that I would be not able to kind of bring in any new language study and kind of do it to any good level so um, I decided to do that instead to just kind of uh fulfill my curiosity if you like for for languages and it was fun it's very very interesting i learned a lot actually i think it's really uh, such a such a great idea again and and again this sort of the concept of you being being in a structure there is really great so is there anything that kind of came out of that that would be a good tip for for paulina to stick with in terms of the in terms of the scripts and how to study the scripts, is there anything that kind of was easier by the end of the year than it, than it was at the start? Um, hmm. I think what if there's one thing that I learned as like a huge big takeaway was that you don't have to learn a script to learn a language and learning a script isn't learning a language. So there was that difference. 
that I took away. And of course, if you think about how how many people in the world can speak a language but aren't, you know, reading or writing literate in that language, that proves the point, right? And so that was was kind of a really interesting takeaway. So, I, but it sounds like Paulina's got a good handle on the hangle anyway. <laughs> good handle on the hangle. Like She's that. got a good handle on the hangle. So Paulina, I hope some of these <laughs> tips and some of these resources help you. And, oh, Lindsay, one last question. Uh, what's your favorite dictionary? Are you using a dictionary for Korean? Um, I found Naver. I think it's naver.com to be quite a good dictionary. I think I've got the app. I think that's the dictionary app that I've got is Naver. N-A-V-E-R. N-A-V-E-R. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of apps, you've built a nice bridge there to our next listener feedback, which if you guys think back to a few episodes ago, we sent you, we set you guys a challenge. We asked you to send us a picture of the home screen of your phone, right? So if you've got an iPhone or a, any kind of Android phone, any kind of smartphone, um, a Galaxy phone other phones are available i don't really know the names but no matter what phone you've got it tends to be that our home screens are well mine certainly is just covered in apps and a lot of us will be using all these different apps for language learning and we said we're really curious we want to see your home screen send us pictures of your home screen so in addition to discussing perhaps what's linguistic on your home screen and on my home screen first of all it's turn our attention to Andy Barker. Hey, Andy, really nice to hear from you. And Andy sent us a picture of his iPhone home screen. What did you notice about Andy's home screen? I noticed it and I sent a message to Andy about this as well, about the music. Um, and there was one for, for Spanish music specifically, which was really cool. And I can't remember the names off the top of my head, but he told me one is like a Spanish radio, um, one was something else. But I loved that. There was this kind of separate... Uh, kind of box of apps for for Spanish music in particular, and I'm also intrigued by Quick Voice. I need to check that out. What is Quick Voice? I don't know. I just saw it on there and it looked good. Ah, it might be a it might be a record yourself sort of app. I'm bit I'm a bit of an app fiend. Hmm. So yeah. definitely, from what we can tell about Andy from this home screen, is that he likes languages and he really likes music because there's also this six music app in six music apps in total. Me and Andy would get on like a house Seven. on fire. <laughs> yes. No. Oh. Well, he seems like a really cool guy. Absolutely. So in terms of the actual language apps, there's uh, Ulingua, 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 um, which I don't really know a lot about, but it looks like something that combines Spanish and what is this? Portuguese? The other flag? I'm not looking at it at the moment. Um, Mexico. Oh, sp oh, it's Spanish and make that makes so much more sense. Okay, so there's there's a, another Spanish app that I don't really know a lot about. And then I was intrigued by his the bottom row of his apps, which are Duolingo, Google Translate, Link, and Memrise. Now I have never in my life used Link. Have you used it? I have. Yes, and I spoke to Steve Kaufman recently as well. So I, I should use it more. I have used it a little bit for Korean, yes. Mm -hmm. And what, what is it? What's it like? Um, it's kind of, you get a text and you then click a word if you don't know it. It gets add, added to your sort of word bank. And then you test you get tested on those words. And then when you know them 
they turn blue, I think. Or is it blue and yellow? I haven't used it very much, as you can probably tell from this wonderful description. Um, but no, it's quite, it's quite good. I should use it more. Excellent. So it's a little yeah. bit like Reed Lang? Sounds a bit like Reed Lang? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Mm, but I assume it finds the texts for you and kind of adjusts mm. them to your level, which is an extra service on top of it. Exactly. Pretty cool. Kind of straightforward, natural way of, of learning a language. I think reading is so important for many of us. And I, I definitely, I couldn't really, I could not learn a language without without reading. Um, and at the moment, I listen to a lot of uh, Welsh music. I found so much because I found a playlist for Welsh language album of the year, which is just so impressive. Oh, my God. That country is so small and has such a force of musical amazement it's so good um and spotify now looks up the lyrics for you did you know that what i did yeah. not know this yeah there's a little button you can click that says lyrics maybe it's just a premium i don't know but you you can find the lyrics of the songs so even that comes back to reading so i end i end up reading the lyrics and trying to make sense of what these people are singing and it's just you know like it's a double it's a double entry point to to the language. Absolutely, absolutely love. Now, one final thing that I really want to commend Andy for is that he has switched his menu, lang menu language to French. Did you notice that? Oh. Because you, you can't really tell right from the start, which I found quite intriguing I, as I well. I didn't notice. Well, yeah. the, but then when you look at the clock app, it's called Horloge, and then at the bottom it says Telephone. Cool. So, cool. yes, and that's something I haven't done. I don't even know if Welsh is available as a menu language or French or any of my languages. But I found that really, really interesting. Nice. Yeah. So you got anything else that intrigued you or that you liked about this? Just all of it. Like I say, I, I, I was looking, I think, oh, that's my screen. Hang on a minute. It looks very similar to mine. Yeah. And what's what's also like your screen is that Andy sent us a, a very, a very proud, I really love that, a proud picture of him completing, entirely completing his Duolingo tree for French. Yay. Yay. So <laughs> congratulations. Felicitations. I love that. I've never, I've never, again, never in my life completed a Duolingo tree. Oh, you got to get on it. Got time, I got time. I do, you know, I sort of intersperse Duolingo and Memrise as my time filler kind of thing. So at the moment I've gone back to Memrise. I've got a yeah. few too many courses on the go. Once a day I get a reminder <laughs> saying, You haven't done anything in your Latin course. And I'm like, Oh yeah, the one that I started once when I was excited about Latin. Uh. <laughs> and then I haven't done anything in. So what's on your home screen, Lindsay? What's kind of noticeable? Oh, I don't know where to look. I got a new phone not long ago. So let me see if I've got everything on there. Pokemon Go, does that count? Nope. Oh, oh I don't. Maybe it's it's an international phenomenon. I could name my Pokemon foreign names. I could give my... I, I caught a Pikachu. I could call him, I don't know, something in a different language. <laughs> um, I have... I should... Let me see. You know that many Pokemon, because their languages, because their names are based in language, actually do have different names in different languages. No, so, they don't. Do they? Yeah, like, like, you know the Snorlax, the big one, that's a... Yeah, haven't yeah. got one of them yet. That's called Relaxo in German. Ah, and then Pikachu? 
a Pikachu is just called Pikachu because it's too iconic and yeah. doesn't and doesn't really mean anything. But Psyduck is uh-huh. called Enton in German. And what does that mean? Well, Ente is the German for duck. Oh, so he's just called duck. Enton. What's on? Nothing. Oh. Well, what, what about the Psy bit? How do you know he's a psychic duck? Because he hypnotizes you. But you don't know that from his German name. No, I suppose. Oh. Well. I've got my list of, of non-Pokemon related language apps. Yes. Yeah. Let's let's take it out of Pokemon. Would you like me to? This is, this is. <laughs> um, Hello Talk is there. Mm-hmm. This is in like a separate folder. I'm very, like I said, I'm an app fiend. So I'm app, app, appganized. I'm trying to say organized and app with apps at the same time. Didn't really work. Hello Talk, word reference, memorized, Duolingo. That's row one. Then I've got Hiragana. I've got, and I can't remember the name of this one. It's called Tay Kim, I think. Um, learning Japanese. It's like a grammar, which is really good. And it works offline. I've got one called Few. Like, as in, Few. And that's really cute. It's for writing uh, the Burmese alphabet. I've got Wani Kani, which I don't use very much. But that's for Japanese. Um, uh, I think Kanji. I've got You Talk, which has changed by the look of this new app icon. Tandem. Innovative language, which is the, you know, Japanese Pod 101 and all of that. That's a fantastic app. Oh. Um, Burmese Lingo, Google Translate, Duolier, and then MeisterTask, which is where I organize my language learning and kind of plan out where I'm at, what I, what resources I'm using and stuff. Coursera. Um, okay, this is a surprise one. JW Language, which stands for Jehovah's Witness Language. There's a what? lot. What? Yeah. This is a thorough, like, if for kind of beginner phrases, there's some, there's, you know, audio, there's some audio as well. Uh, Lingvist, again, one that I haven't used as much as I should have. My font, that's like to have a Burmese writing thing. Um, spread the sign, which is a good one. That's like a kind of sign language, multi, multi sign language dictionary um, with video. Hangul 101, Korean letters, light. Pop popping Korean, I like, or pop popping Hangul. I can't see the full name. That's a good one. Um, another Hangul dictionary, which isn't as good. Reverso context. I'm not sure what that one is. Oh, and that's a really good one. Reverso is, is you type in a conjugated verb and it tells you what the infinitive is. Oh, well, I've got it. I haven't used it yet. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and NTV. I think that's a German thing I downloaded. NTV is a German news channel. Yeah, I downloaded that before I went to Germany. I think. Ah. Uh-huh. Oh my god, Lindsay! I can't even. I can't even. Okay, so what's your top three out of that? Um, probably, cut through the weeds. Pro- <laughs> probably memorize Duolingo at the moment, just for Esperanto, really, and then maybe Hello Talk. They're the ones that I use most frequently. So memorize Duolingo and Hello Talk, which is the classics, right? We're back Absolutely. on. Absolutely! Yay! The classics. Yeah. We love them. They're so they're such reliable apps as well. So they're well designed. And I think good supporting, supporting cast in any language learner's story. That's a lovely way to put it. So I've got a mixture of apps for any language learner, for German learners. There's only one here really that is for German learners, which obviously is because I already speak German. Um, and the, the rest of it is, is Welsh and generic. So my Welsh language learning apps, my favorite is Say Something in Welsh. They've recently released an app and it's... Lovely. It's kind of access to the 
it's access to all the challenges and all of the kind of different um they, they call them challenges but they're kind of you know audio lessons so access to all that then you get access to the forum as well and some information so it's all really well organized and a nice kind of way of interacting with the page so where i used to tell you about workflow to download and save audio so i can access it offline i can now download it in the app very very convenient and thank you so much to say something in welsh for bringing that out aaron yestin and you're awesome okay leo is my german app my absolute go-to if you're a german learner german english or if you want to learn a language from german so french from german russian from german italian from german uh, use leo it's such a good solid dictionary especially for german i think it's it's got it's developed by germans so i think it's it's not really that much use if you're not a german learner but i just love leo and that's at dict.leo.org it's just a great 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 dictionary um i've got memorize and duolingo here are the classics hello talk here are the classics uh, flash academy which is from our friends at flash sticks oh, i really yes i forgot that is i've tried it now it's really fun isn't it really fun? I love the word games are very addictive. Um, Google Translate on here as well. And Quizlet, which is a, does a similar job to Memrise. So Quizlet is an app that does flashcards. Neither of us, I notice, are Anki users. And Andy isn't an Anki user either. So I think with Anki, you're either in or out. Can I tell you why, though? Okay. Because Anki, I think if I had an Android phone, I would probably use Anki. But Anki, the iPhone app is like £18, Ooh. which is quite a lot for an app. So, and I, so I just stick to Memrise. Mm. So There's nothing against Anki. I think it's a good thing. I've just never used it. It's it's not that I hate Anki or anything like yeah. that. It's just never, you know, sometimes things just don't don't really cross your path. So I've never used Anki because I think I didn't really come into language learning as a flashcard kind of girl because I'm so... With the notebook and the handwriting, that's that's my core method of learning vocabulary. And then flashcards is something that I do as a secondary learning drill, rather than starting with flashcards. And Anki seems to be, it seems to have real disciples, you know, people who are really using this as their primary vocab drilling tool. As does Memorize and Duolingo. Yes, definitely. Like each of them has got their own sort of real disciples, right? That's a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't mean points. this badly. You know, they're, they're, there's people who swear by these, absolutely swear by these. And I haven't got an app where I go, where I would go, I absolutely swear by this. This never fails me, except for Leo. Ooh. Leo, I just love, 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 love. If I'm trying to say something in, you know, if, if I'm trying to say something in English and I can only think of what it is in German, or if sometimes what happens to me is that I... I'm looking for a French word and I only know the German word <laughs> that I'm trying to kind of look up or there's a specific nuance to the meaning. Uh -huh. So especially I think for somebody who's, you know, when you're bilingual and you're kind of going from two languages sometimes, it's so great to have something that supports you in your native language as well. Uh, I just really, really, really like it. It's built by the Technical University in Munich. I'm cool. such a Leo fan, but that's really the only one where I would be like, do not delete this. <laughs> <laughs> I've written it down. I'm going to check that out. 
Leo is great. Leo is really, really great. Um, now, something that I have sometimes used for language learning, but not always, but when I do, it's always just hilarious, um, is Gumtree, you know, the, the shopping app. Okay. Yeah, Gumtree is sort of a local, in America, they use Craigslist in a similar way. Yeah. Sort of, it's just your local small arts, I've got a chair to sell sort of thing. Um, and on Gumtree, you can you can look at Gumtree locations all around the world. So sometimes when I'm feeling curious and I want to kind of top up my French or something like that, I might look through Gumtree in France. Interesting. I've never thought of that. That's very cool. No, it's really, really fun. You know, you kind of get to see and get to see those abbreviations. You know, when you sometimes say you're describing yeah. somewhere that you're renting out or something like that. And mm-hmm. it's it's you you need a little bit of time, I think. It's not really a fill your empty time in the day like many apps are. It's it's something that you can kind of nerd out about but it's really really fun and real natural you know advanced level language in a way that sounds good really really good so Lindsay and I are also going to publish our our home screens really so you can see what we get up to and what we are using and also Andy has given us permission to share his home screen so you'll be able to see a few of those and keep them coming guys absolutely I haven't seen any Android home screens yet so no matter which language you're learning, no matter what uh, computer system you're using, if you're still on a BlackBerry, go ahead. And if you can do a screenshot, send it over to Kirsten at fluentlanguage.co.uk. I'm really looking forward to seeing those and we'll be sharing them in the future as well, right? Cool. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Now, I want to come to this next message is from Stephen. Stephen in... Oh my God, where do I start? Stephen in the Netherlands, who we met in Berlin, who is actually Irish, also speaks German and Irish, and obviously is fluent in Dutch, but is now learning Bosnian, Bosnian, Croatian, Serbian, which are kind of a language family that you can, um, if you wish, acquire together. And I'll, I'll put a little screenshot of this video he sent me where he showed a few of his uh, language learning books. And actually, there's books that you can buy that say on them, Bosnian, Bosnian, Croatian, Serbian. Okay. I didn't know. How weird is that? Have you ever come across any language kind of combinations where you can do that? You can buy a book for all of them? Oh, man. This, This part of the world just fascinates me. I love it so much. Like, and I, I, Shannon discussed already a little bit about Shannon when we talked about Korean right um I think it's her grandfather was Croatian so she's learned some Croatian and I made a video with her she gave me some reasons I made nine reasons to learn Croatian and I think about 90% of the comments are this should be nine reasons to learn Serbo Croatian should be it's all it's the same as, as nine reasons to learn Bosnian and it's like oh this is such a huge huge thing you know Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it was and really interesting to hear Stephen's take on it as a learner engaged with that sort of community. It was was very, very interesting. It brings us back to the old, a language is a dialect with an army. Absolutely, it's, yeah. That, or that sometimes kind of... even say an army and the navy, right? It brings it back to that. Also, yeah, and we, we, shouldn't, um, we should also mention that since Montenegro gained independence in 2006, I believe, Montenegrin is also kind of added to the list of languages in the region. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's a there's a real kind of mishmash, and then some of the languages will go ahead and spell themselves in Cyrillic script. Others will be using the Latin script or the you know the Slavonic kind of version of the Latin script. So there's a lot of kind of fascinating, really interesting stuff. But this specific part of Stephen's message, he sent us a voice message that I really was curious about, is about time management and time time management and time wasting, really. So here is what Stephen had to say. Hi, Kirsten, and hi, Lindsay, and hi, all the listeners. I really love your podcast. Um, as I mentioned to you in some private messages, I've been trying to improve my, uh, my, my language learning. I'm trying to like up the stakes as we speak. Um, one of the things I did was I looked back on what I've been doing before, uh, like what I did for Italian, which worked very well, what I did even for Greek, and uh, just kind of reflect on my previous experiences and try to apply that to my Bosnian, Croatian, Serbian. Uh, one of the things is time wasting. I know there's that thing that comes up again and again, I don't have time in inverted commas. Actually, you just have to get rid of your procrastination. Bloody Facebook is one of the things that, you know, that's one of the things. Uh, I don't watch that much TV, but kind of Facebook is one of the things that I waste so much time doing. Also, to use some of the time that, you know, um, I recorded all of the CDs that came with the books, put them onto my iPod, and I just listened to them um, kind of passively going into work on the train. And um, that's, of course, when I'm not listening to your podcasts. Uh, one of the other things that I do is. Um, I know the flashcards, they were a very good way to actually get to learn the, the language. So I downloaded a, an app and I created these uh, flashcards and it gives you a little quiz. And it's a lot of work. It took me like two hours per chapter. And I've only got two chapters put in, so it's four hours. And also uh, my ex, who's Bosnian, he's given me uh, lessons. So every week we sit down. Um, he's not really a very skilled teacher. I hope he's not listening. But, you know, it gives me at least some kind of motivation to like, do some kind of homework every week. Right. Hey, Stephen, first of all, uh, thank you so much for your voicemail. There's got so much that I've kind of got to say on that. And he mentioned a lot. So I'm going to pick this apart a little bit and kind of ask you for your tips, etc. And And I'll kind of want to add a few tools that I use for getting rid of procrastination. First of all, I will I will just go into this admitting that I am not free from procrastination and you know I I completely emphasize with empathize with you um when it comes to the sense that Facebook every now and then leaks our day away so I've got a few tools that I use for managing my my day really and managing you know my language learning as well um Number one is when I'm absolutely noticing that I've got no discipline whatsoever, I use a a Mac computer and on the Mac you can download a free app. It's called Self Control. Self Control. And the the icon of self control is this sort of um skull and crossbones. And what it does is you can tell it to block specific websites for a specific time and there is absolutely no way of getting to that website once you've blocked it. So if you want to block the Facebook website, that's gone. For for as long as you have told self-control that you don't want to go on Facebook, say you're having a moment of strength and you're saying, okay, next three hours, absolutely no social media, no Facebook, no Twitter, no, I don't know, Google, Google Plus, <laughs> no Instagram on my computer. It's going to block 
I don't know how it does it. It's going to block those servers and there's nothing you can do. You could pretty much like delete your whole computer and reinstall it and it still won't. It still won't get through to those. They're just blocked. And then after that time, they just come back. And the second thing that I use is a method that I think, Lindsay, you you use as well. It's called the Pomodoro method. It's named Pomodoro after those little timers that you have, the kitchen timers that often look like tomatoes. So that's why it's called Pomodoro. And with Pomodoro method, you set yourself a little timer, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and you run that timer. And during that time, you work as concentrated as you can. And it's quite good when you're sort of beginning to slack off. You've got that little reminder there that kind of goes, oh, okay, I've only got three more minutes. And then after that, you know, whichever stretch of time you've just gone through, then you can, you get to give yourself a little break. You know, you get up, you kind of make yourself a cup of tea or you, you know, grab an orange juice or whatever it is, or it might just do, I don't know, three press-ups or something like that. Whatever it is, you get to enjoy and just kind of be away from your computer or just indulge in that Facebook for five minutes and then it's back to work and you run through sort of three, four, five of those Pomodoro cycles. You know, different websites give different advice. Um, and after that, you get to take a kind of longer break. So it's a way of breaking up your study sessions just as much as your work sessions so whatever whatever you kind of want to focus on it gives you a way of instead of thinking oh my god I've got to do all this and it's going to you know how am I even and how long is this going to take instead you come at it with a time approach and say I'm just going to do 10 minutes of this and then after that I can break it up so Pomodoro and self-control are kind of two things that help me control myself really (laughs) what about you Lindsay yeah, Pomodoro definitely. I know when I'm working, I use Pomodoro um, in the morning always. And then sometimes in the afternoon, it depends when my lessons are and, and how long I have to, to work in the afternoons. Um, but yeah, that's very, very helpful. And then when it comes to, you mentioned self-control. I know there's something called Leech Block, I believe, which is an add-on or a plug-in, whatever you want to call it, for Chrome. I think that's the right way around. And then stay focused without an E. So focus D with a D, I think is a plugin for Firefox that does a similar job, I think, to what you mentioned with self-control. Um, another thing, aside from Pomodoro, a lot of the time when it's the weekend and I want to have some kind of extra language learning, but I have to clean the bathroom, hoover, put the washing on, do all of that boring stuff as well. Well, I tend to use something called 3030. So that's another app. (laughs) Um, And what that does, and you can adjust the time. It doesn't have to be 30 and 30. It could be 10, 10 or one hour, one hour, whatever you want it to be. Um, And then you have, you know, 30 minutes doing one task, 30 minutes doing another, 30 minutes doing another task, 30 minutes doing another. And you can, again, add as many tasks as you need. Um, And it's particularly good, I've found, for when if I've got a weekend and I know I've only got Saturday to get stuff done, and I've got so much on the list. If I, I know it's, you know, when you've got the kind of jobs like cleaning the bathroom for me is something I can do in half an hour, or I can really go thorough and have like a deep clean and scrub every little inch um, of that bathroom. And so I can make that job last longer if I don't want to do the next thing. So it helps you to avoid just dragging things out which is even if you're doing something it's still procrastination if you're still avoiding doing a later task right yeah so 30 30 is very helpful as well 
Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same. Every now and then I can be I can be very efficient with things like clothes folding or, you know, like emptying the washer or something like that. Or I can be very not necessarily more meticulous, just slower. <laughs> and a lot of it is to do as well with um with multitasking. So if I try and do three yeah. things at once, which I often do, um, and it's something that that I, I kind of have to focus on, work on, really remind myself that it's not very effective. And I think thirty thirty might might really help me with that. So I'm yeah. going to, yeah, I've made myself a note of that up, definitely. Um, is that learning, let's say, listening to say something in Welsh while emptying the washer is not going to be as effective as listening to say something in Welsh when I'm not trying to do something else at the same time. Because I end up having to pause, I end up having to go back, or I end up just mumbling Welsh words to myself while staring at this, you know, this T-shirt. Exactly. I and mean- then... I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with passive listening, but you could listen to it as you do the thing and focus on the, the, the task and then, you know, say to yourself, right, I need to do the task first, the Welsh comes second, and then do the Welsh. And do you know what I mean? So you you can still do both at the same time, but focus in on one. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you yeah. get it done quicker and then boom, you've got some time then to, to really give to the Welsh. Now, another thing that Stephen mentioned that I wanted to perhaps come at from our perspective of being a teacher and generally working with people. And this is also in response to um, Ben, I think, who contacted me recently and was asking me about where to find a teacher for a specific language. So we we often talk about teachers in general. And Stephen mentioned that he is learning a language with his, um, with his ex, I think, and that he said, oh, he's not really a good teacher, doesn't really listen that much. Um, but, you know, that does guide him and they work through a textbook together. So there's many things that a teacher does for you. Number one is obviously the accountability that they're just kind of there waiting for you to come and bring your book and do your thing. And you've got a lot of responsibility that you have to cover there. So it's, you know, I think the word teacher is very contentious. I've mentioned this before that um, because when you think of somebody as just your teacher, you're expecting them to teach and we have too often I think especially as adult learners come to understand that or come to misunderstand that a teacher can actually um, save you from learning by just teaching you and that is not actually something that is true it's not like hiring a cleaner you know you've got a cleaner and then your house is cleaner as a result (laughs) but if you hire a teacher it's kind of like hiring a person who helps you clean but you still got to do it if that makes sense so I found it really really interesting what um what he was saying about the the best parts of what he gets out of working with this other person and the accountability is a great thing but it really is Stephen who is doing the main work absolutely yeah and I think I I think that there's almost a scale of you know the more you learn languages or a language as it might be the less experienced of a tutor you need, right? If you're learning a language on your own, the more you do that and the better you get at that, you then need less of a more, you know, less of an experienced tutor. Does that make sense? In a way, it makes sense. Although I would argue that the tutor who is completely new to it, they may well be less flexible and want to impose a specific method on you because they're not used to working with people who are capable of running their own kind of system. Maybe less experience isn't what I wanted to say. Maybe I mean 
I'm thinking of the difference between a professional tutor on italki and a community tutor, for example. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe someone who's not doing it as a, a full-time profession, but someone who's doing it as a kind of uh, side income or something like that, or for the just to get the basic experience from from teaching online. Do, does that make sense? Yeah, that Can makes. Can you see the that, difference? I mean that. Yeah, that definitely yeah. makes sense, and I think the informal class, the informal lesson, is really important now listening in particular from a tutor's perspective why is that so important listening within a lesson or as a general yeah. task yeah to the student well i think because you know you could learn to you could learn a language kind of perfectly in terms of grammar kind of like i was saying with korean earlier you know i could have gone on with how to study korean.com and really taken in all of that grammar but if i can't produce it and that's nothing. If I then can't listen to that grammar being, you know, told to me, so to speak, then it's still worth nothing. Mm. And I think uh, from a tutor's perspective, I'm kind of thinking as well that the the important thing to to me is that, yes, every now and then I will find myself explaining the grammar to somebody or I will, you know, sort of really go through an explanation five, ten minutes. But to be honest, the the time that you have with your tutor is time that you can spend producing. And I think that would be the main, perhaps, thing to, you know, to, to, to change or to look for. If, if you, you know, Stephen, that, that would really help. And you, you've already mentioned that, you know, just speaking the language and resisting that urge to be perfectionist. So you know exactly what you're doing. And from a tutor's perspective, it's incredible sometimes how much, how much you're supposed to not do and instead just lean back and let really let the other person talk and just you know you're there you're paying attention you're listening out for their mistakes and you you know you're you're there to prompt but often in my classes I'm thinking I'm thinking of ways that I can get more language out of them yeah rather than rather than explaining stuff to them mm-hmm. definitely yeah because you know for the explaining you can that's partly why I did the the video courses that I have. You know, I've, I I offer several video courses in German, and one of the reasons I I really felt that this is a good thing for me to be doing is that in my classes I can then refer somebody to the course and say, okay, if you want a very straightforward, very kind of you know thought out with pictures with video you know with examples everything like a real kind of little package of explanation of let's say the German accusative case go to the grammar course and just watch this video because it's gonna make sense to you but when we don't have to like spend lesson time on explaining this again and again and again and again because in in that case and that's the whole great thing that I like about a video course which you mentioned before as well about uh, first steps Korean is that a video course, and I use this in Welsh, is you can go back and you can watch things as many times as, as you need. You can speed through the bits that you don't need. There is no there is no rule that says you've got to do lesson one, then lesson two, then lesson three, then lesson four. They are like a living dictionary in a way. They are the most animated kind of explanation that you can possibly get. So when the best feedback that I get when stu- is when students get in touch with me and they say, oh, I love this course because it's like having a tutor in my pocket. Nice. That's cool. Mm. And that's exactly, you know, that's the whole point of doing a, you know, doing something like Easy German Grammar for Beginners. Uh, the whole point is that somebody can kind of go into that course and get pretty much the same information as they get in a grammar book 
obviously, because I haven't rewritten German for the course. That would be stupid. Um, but they get it. They they get it explained by a person in a way that kind of fuses things together. So every now and then somebody writes to me and says, oh, I finally get it. And that's that's so great because that's exactly the point. Absolutely, yeah. So sorry, went off on one then. But uh, Stephen, if there are any good video courses for Bosnian, Croatian, Serbian, it might be worth checking them out um, for for that specific reason. But at the same time, you know, to produce more language, you've, you've very correctly identified is so, 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 so important. And then finally... What he mentioned about recording the CDs and kind of listening to them on his commute, I thought was really great. Yeah, I, I do that as well. I don't have much of a commute anymore. <laughs> but when I do drive places, I've got lots of um, CDs and kind of podcasts downloaded, ready to uh, to play. Yeah, podcasts have revolutionized language learning in that sense, haven't they? Mm, definitely. Love language learning podcasts. Love them. Okay, so Stephen, Paulina and Andy, I just wanted to thank you guys again for kind of writing in. We've talked so much about all these different topics. Uh, Lindsay, is there anything else that you want to cover or are we coming to the end of the show? I just want to say thank you to everyone who got in touch and I'm sorry if we didn't get a chance to uh, to feature everyone's stuff, but we've, we've, we've got an episode. <laughs> so uh, next time. Yes, definitely. Keep writing to us and the contact details are coming up in the little outro that I've got for you. So you'll hear my email address and you can find me on Twitter at Kirsten Hammers. You can find Lindsay on Twitter at LD Languages. And we've got to revive the hashtag CLLP for Creative Language Learning Podcast. And you can always find us on there as well. And with that, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Huil. And it's goodbye from you, Lindsay. Sayonara. Sayonara. Thanks for listening to the Creative Language Learning Podcast, guys. Don't forget to subscribe and to rate the podcast in iTunes or on Stitcher. That's always very much appreciated. If you have any feedback or you've got any questions, you can email me, Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at fluentlanguage.co.uk, or you can find me on Facebook, Fluent Language Tuition, or on Twitter, at Kirsten Hammers, that is K-E-R-S-T-I-N-H-A-M-M-E-S. -M -M -E